Once again, I'd like to welcome everyone. If you don't mind, can you stand to receive the word, the word of God? Uh, today's text is from book of Acts chapter 12, 1 through 10. Chapter 12, Acts chapter 12, 1 through 10. Let me read that in, in NIV. Uh, it was about, wait, I think it's working, right? It is working? Okay. It was about the time the king Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to the guard by four squads or four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him bring him out of the public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was honestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and the night shone on the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chain fell off Peter's twist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so, wrap your cloth around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly angel left him. This is what you may be seated. Uh, let me begin with a story. Uh, a wife woke up one morning and said, Honey, I just had a dream that you bought me a gold necklace. What do you think it means? I don't know, but Valentine's Day is coming soon, Tuesday. You will know, he replied. A few nights later, she again woke up uh, after having a dream. This time, I dream you gave me a pearl necklace. What do you think it means? You know, Tuesday, husband replied. The night before Valentine's Day, she again woke up telling him about the dream. This time I dream that you bought me a diamond necklace. What do you think it means? Honey, be patient. You know tonight, he said. That evening, the husband came home with a package and gave it to his wife. Delighted, she opened it to find what? Number one, you have to guess. Gold necklace. Number two, pearl necklace. Number three, diamond necklace. Number four, all of, all of them. Anyone can guess? All of them? You have such a good faith. So has Linda. Uh, she opened it and found a book titled The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> Wife didn't expect to have a book. You know what? Life is full of unexpected things. Life is full of unexpected things. When we face unexpected things in our lives, especially negative news like 
cancer from your medical examination or what. We can be feared. We can get frustrated. Or asking God, why me? Why me, Lord? When you look at the text, today's text, uh, you know, we are, we are studying the book of Acts and in order for us to understand the whole, whole book of Acts, chapter 28 chapters, the key verse is 1-8. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, you will receive power and you will be my witness from Jerusalem to the entire world. End of the year, right? And as Jesus promised to disciples, Holy Spirit came upon them when they pray. Holy Spirit came upon them and they experienced miracles. They were actually performing miracles as well. And when uh, apostle, when Peter and John spoke the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 3,000 came to know the Lord. Can you believe that? Wow, 3,000 people, that's a lot of people, right? And God had like 5,000 and they were sharing the message to Samaria. Uh, they were sharing message to the uh, Ethiopian eunuch and, and you know, the, Tarsus, the soul of Tarsus and message was, I mean, spreading like Centurion Cornelius. And last week, I mean, if you were here last week, uh, Church of Antioch, the city of Antioch, people came to know Christ and the numbers were adding because it was work of the Holy Spirit. But all of a sudden, church didn't expect that, but all of a sudden, you have different air. Atmosphere just changed. One of the leaders in the early church, church in Jerusalem, James got caught and he got beheaded by Tyrant Herod. He, this guy's an evil guy, just like his grandfather. This Herod is Agrippa uh, first. And he just tried to win people's heart. He just captured one of the church leaders and just killed him. And people were delighted. They said, oh my goodness, I think they love, huh? Love the fact that they're persecuting church. So now they capture the Peter, try to kill him following day. I mean, actually, they couldn't kill him because it was the feast of unleavened bread. It was Passover season. During those seasons, you can't kill anybody, especially for Jews. So they've been waiting. And this is the, this is the situation the early church faced. They didn't expect that. That the message was spreading again and again and again and again. They thought the church would build and build and build. But unexpected happened. That is our lives, right? In our lives, when you look at our lives, I mean, you didn't expect things happening in our life, right? What do you do when, when the trial, uh, persecution, uh, unexpected thing happens in your life? I want to make a very simple message today. Church, uh, we need to pray fervently. When we face trials, tragedy, we got to come and seek God's face. Let's think about early church members when they heard their leader got beheaded and their one of the leader got captured in, in the prison. How would they respond? If I was one of the members, I'd probably think, I mean, I'd probably say like this, where is God in all this? Why did God allow this to happen? How can good come out of such an awful wickedness? I'd probably respond that way. This summer, one of our supporting missionary. He got bit by the mosquito and the, the dengue fever. 
was so severe. He just passed away within a week. Many of our church members, I'm including myself, why, Lord? He's younger than me. He tried to uh, serve the Lord in the, in the mission field. And how can he just die like that? He has a kid, he has a, he has a, his wife. And you, you may ask that kind of question in your life. But we have to understand, even to righteous, even to believers, tragedy cannot be avoided. Bad things happen to good people too, right? If we have a problem on this issue, you need to hear the message from the Lord. This is what Jesus said. He caused, God caused his son to rise on evil and good and send rains on the righteous and unrighteous. God doesn't show favoritism. He gives sun and rain to both good and evil. We have to understand, God does not love us less when he allows tragedy into our lives. He loves James and John just as much as he loved Peter. But he allowed James to, to die and John to live another 50 more years. But he delivered Peter. As someone observed, we must always interpret our circumstances, circumstances by God's love, not God's love by circumstances. It is very important. We have to remember, we have to see this issue of death. You know what? As I get older, death becomes so familiar to me. Maybe some of the younger people, oh, death is too far away. You know, as I'm getting older, I, I, this is how I feel. Death is so near to me. And, you know, we have to see this issue of death in eternal perspective, not temporal perspective. When you look at the death in James, uh, death of James in eternal perspective, it's not that much difference with John who lived another 50 more years. Think about eternity. That's it. This is eternal. I mean, it's like forever. And maybe... Difference between John and James? Maybe one dot here. Can you see dot here? Can you see little dot? Even less than dot. When you compare, when you have, that's important for us to have eternal perspective. I'm sure James was welcomed into heaven by Jesus with his victor crown and word, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into eternal joy of your master. He went instantly from the life of pain sorrow and trial into the place of eternal joy. Now, when we face as a church tragedy, hardship in our lives, what should we do? What should be our response? Face God. Seeking God's face. Prayer is what we need. That's what they did, the early church. So Peter was kept in prison. The church was honestly praying to God for him. Church honestly seek. God's face in this situation. This honest praying means during the Peter's imprisonment, the church never ceased to pray for him. That's what that means. They continued to pray. They honestly prayed because they knew the situation was different than that they have experienced in previous ones. The James, one of the leaders got killed. Now Peter is in prison. And they knew the plot of Herod. So they had to pray. You know what? As a church, maybe that's the only thing we can do. We try to do other things. No, no, no. Ch church, 
We are prayer men and women. I am so glad I have someone to pray to. Aren't you glad the fact that you have someone, you have God to pray to? If you don't have, I mean, someone to pray to, that's a real tragedy, right? If you don't have one, how can you go through this like, hardship in your life? You don't have anyone to pray to. That's a real tragedy. KM, a woman's group, uh, read a like, thick book uh, titled Prayer by Tim Keller. I mean, he's a great scholar. He just, you know, teaches from ABC to like deep, like broadly he taught about prayer. One thing we'll learn, if I put them into one sentence, God listens to our prayer. That was it. After reading in maybe 16 weeks, that was it. God Listen to our prayer. This honestly meaning in Greek, it is an athletic term that pictures an athlete straining every muscle as he puts everything into a race. The same word used in Luke chapter 20 to 44. And being in anguish, he prayed. Jesus prayed more honestly and his sweat was like a drop of blood falling to the ground. Remember, he prayed in the prayer of Garden of Gethsemane. Imagine Jesus who pray like that. Same Jesus, same Lord whom we are serving. He listens to our prayer. When we pray, when we honestly seek Him, He listens us. Did hardship visit you? Are you going through tragedy? What kind of miracle are you expecting? Go to the place to pray. Go to the place to pray. William Barclay is one of the scholars. He said, when you pray, we have to remember three things. The love of God, the wisdom of God, and the power of God. The love of God that wants the best for us. The wisdom of God that knows what is the best for us. The power of God that can accomplish it. It is important for us to remember that. You know what God blesses? Intercessory prayer. We often pray for ourselves, right? But when you pray for others, this is how I believe. I think Jesus will pray for you. When you concern about other people's problems, Jesus will concern about your problems. Isn't that awesome? Pray into sister prayer. That's my recommendation. When the hardship visits you, go to the place to pray. Second point, uh, we need to trust God completely. I mean, we got to trust Him completely. When hardship visits us, you know, we tend to look for comfort. We want to rely on something. Sometimes we try to figure things out by seeking persons, like powerful figure, whom can solve our problems. Sometimes we plan to get out of the, you know, the situation, hardship. But as a believers, not only you pray to God, we have to trust Him. You, you know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? But He knows, so we have to simply trust Him. Look at the verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Peter, when you look at the book of Acts 4 and 5, he was prisoned a couple of times, but he got delivered. Angel of God delivered him. So now they have to, you know, he was chained, uh, bound with two chains with, with soldiers, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. It was different than the previous ones. And Peter knew that. Peter heard that James got beheaded. So he knew, but he was sleeping. How can he sleep? 
I mean, following you're gonna you're gonna be executed, and how can you sleep? Just 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 you know, this passage indicate, you know, wow, he totally trusts God. If I were Peter, I don't think I could sleep. I probably you know, like, at least I can maybe pray all night long. God, you gotta you gotta save me. Do something like last time, Lord. I probably pray like that, but he didn't. He just simply getting into deep sleep. Angel of God have to like, you know, stroke him to wake him up. How could he sleep the night before he get execution? This means that he simply trusts God. Peter trusts God completely. You know what? Actually, Peter knew what kind of death uh, he's going to face in the future because actually Jesus told him uh, in the uh, book of John, Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, you remember this passage? This was a conversation with Jim, uh, Peter, was a conversation with Jesus. And I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted it. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said to this, indicate what kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. He knew that. Christian, don't fear that. We do not fear that. We meet Peter who was calm and peaceful before the death. Not only Peter, but we see that in, in life, Paul's life. Uh, about midnight, Paul and Silas, Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. That was the day before he got executed, but he was praising God. <laughs> Tim uh, Hansel's book, Holy Sweat, he, Tim shared his personal story. Let me just read for you. Uh, one day, while my son, uh, Zach, and I were out, out in the country, climbing around in the, some cliffs, I heard a voice from above me yell, yell, Hey, Dad, catch me. I turned around to see Jack joyfully jumping off a rock straight at me. He had jumped at then yell, Hey, Dad. He didn't yell first, then jump. He jumped first, then yell, hey, dad. I became instant circus act, catching him. We both fell to the ground. For a moment after I caught him, I could hardly talk. When I found my voice again, I asked him, Zach, can you give me one good reason why you did that? He, he responded with remarkable calmness. Sure, because you are my dad. His whole assurance was based on the fact that, he, that his father was trustworthy. Is your the earthly father trustworthy? What if he couldn't catch him? He turned and, oh, I miss you. Oops. You know, I mean, it can happen to earthly father, right? We're not perfect, right? But our heavenly father is trustworthy father. Therefore, we have to trust him. Trust him. Completely. He knows our future. You know, it's kind of interesting thing. When I think about I thought about this, this thing last week. He knows us, everything. He still loves us. Can you believe that? He knows. He knows. Where have we been? Where have we been? But he still loves us. So patient. That's a another topic. So let me move on to my third point. Uh, we need to be read by God. Whenever hardship visits us, we need to be 
Verse 7. Suddenly, I love this expression, suddenly. An angel of the Lord appeared and night shone on the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and chains fell off Peter's. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord suddenly appeared. It's like the, on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit suddenly fell on the 120 uh, disciples. Suddenly. God often works like that. Suddenly, God shows up and taking care of our needs. That was the result of prayers of church members. And this is my prayer. I don't know what kind of challenge that you have faced right now, what kind of trial circumstance you are in. If it's the problem, this is my prayer. I pray that God may show up and suddenly take care of your problems. Do you believe that? I do believe. Yes, God is living God. Often, God works that way. Do you believe in an angel? I do. You know, the uh, Bible talks about them. In the New Testament, we know they have names, like Gabriel, like Michael, the archangel. You know, we have informed that they have roles, right? Uh, some of the angels are in charge of praise and worship. Some of them are sharing good news. Some of them are... Uh, like warriors fighting against demons. And some of them are protecting us. About, I think, 10 years ago, uh, we've been focused on a uh, mission in India. Uh, like five, we sent five you know, short-term missions and like winters and summer, like straight five years. There are many incidents or many uh, times we could be actually get killed. When I think about the Indian mission, some of you guys went, uh, Indian went to, and some of us you know, went to mission, right? And wow, there were so many scary moments. Uh, but I'll probably find that out when I go to heaven, you know, probably God sent angels to protect us. I remember first, very first trip. By the way, you know, the mission, the, according to the missionary that we, we've been supporting, he said, uh, we touch one million soul, one million soul over the five, uh, five years of uh, uh, short-term missions. And we could raise 100,000 uh, workers, local you know, pastors. We trained them for five years. And through them and through us, one mil- over one million people came to the Lord. Think about that. What kind of opposition there, there would be, right? I remember the first night that I went, I couldn't sleep. God was like, literally shook me up and like he made me to pray. I know there's a lot of you know, opposition. So I had to pray. I had to intercede for my team. And I prayed literally all night long. In the morning at 6 o'clock, I was keeping the peace. Now I think you're ready to go, go to sleep. 6 o'clock, we have to wake up, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, because of jet lag, time differences, you know, maybe, you know, it wasn't really God. But I, you know, as a prayer, I want as a pastor, I want to pray. But actually, after a couple years later, I had a similar experience, and through that experience, I realized it was spiritual battle that I was I was engaged in. I was in Rome, Italy, and I uh, spent like about twelve hours a day to writing a book. Like, I woke up in the morning to the devotion and start to write about 12, 13 hours a day, and sleep at night and wake up. I've been doing it for two weeks, straight weeks. 
And I flew to Turkey, same time zone. And there was an Iranian refugee I had to minister to. First night, same, same experience. The Spirit of God was literally shook me up and made me to pray for this meeting. I wanted to sleep, but I couldn't sleep until 6 o'clock in the morning. And there was a peaceful heart came to me and said, hey, you can't go sleep. We have a meeting starting from 8 o'clock. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so tired. And, and I realized that day, it was God. God thing. You know, and I know that I believe in the angel because God is sending angels to protect us, fighting the, uh, you know, against the demons. Look at this verse in verse 8. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Wrap your clothes around you and follow me. You know, as I was meditating the passage, oh, God is so kind, telling us specifically what to do. Have you heard voice of angel lately? Anyone? I haven't. I haven't heard anything. But God is speaking to me every single day. Sometimes thought, discernment, but whenever I open the Bible, God is specifically telling me what to do. This book, amazing book that we have, the Bible, speaking to us every day, what to do, how to live. You know, this journey of life is too dark. You can't see. I mean, how can you can predict anything? <laughs> but look at the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. Even though our path is so dark because of the word of God, he's going to lead us. Amen? Amen? Let me conclude my message. You know, as I was uh, meditating Peter's deliverance on, on the, today's text, it's the same, I think it's the same picture that God delivered us from the darkness of sin. He was helpless. Peter was helpless. He was chained. To two, two soldiers. We were chained to the sins. We're living in the dungeon. It's all dark. I mean, nobody can save us. Just like Andrew came to shone on his glory, shine the light to the Peter, Christ came into my life, our lives, and showed us his glory and just took us, unchained us and just took us from the prison. Did we do anything to be saved by God? No, nothing. Therefore, we have to give God all the credit. Therefore, we have to praise God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, isn't gospel amazing? We didn't do anything. We were just sleeping. We were so, I mean, spiritually we were slumbered. We were sleeping so deep sleep. He had to kick us up. Wake up. Get your ass. I want to rescue you from this darkness. Therefore, we got to give God all the credit. Therefore, we deserve our praise and worship. No glory for us. Only Jesus Christ. Let me ask you once again. Did tragedy visit you? Did it happen all of a sudden? Don't be afraid. God is with you. Offer the situation 
to God in prayers and trust Him completely, He is going to lead your life. I'm going to read this passage together. Okay, then I'm going to end my message today. Let's read. Let's begin. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Amen. Let's pray together.